I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to the wireless, if that's OK. Dean? Welcome. Cool. <laughs> so let me just give a quick introduction. Uh, again, welcome, Stephanie. Stephanie uh, came into our lives a few years ago. I think we first met her, her first family member we met was Danny. Many, many of you know Danny. And uh, we're so glad that you found us as well. And um, her boys, uh, Barish and, am I saying it right? Omar? Barish? Barish and Omar? Omer. Omer. Uh, you've also seen around. And um, yeah, we're just so blessed to have you. And I'm so excited to announce that she's going to be on our Lower Post team this year, going up to Lower Post. Um, and uh, along with Roland and myself, and we're going to try to kidnap Danny, maybe, yeah. <laughs> on the way. Um, but uh, 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 Stephanie was part of our Welcome to the Vineyard class, and uh, Nate and Kate were a part of that, and as was Helen. And you heard them share their stories a few weeks ago, but Stephanie was at the women's retreat that weekend, so we missed her. So I wanted you to hear her story, but also because this is kind of Aboriginal Day uh, weekend and next week too and through the week. I know it's Wednesday is the main day, yeah. but we really want to, I, I just thought it was really cool timing in terms of honoring, honoring that. But also I think in, in, uh, in, in our introduction to each other as a team, I was just overwhelmed and blessed by her stories about her father as well. So I want to hear a little bit about that. So why don't we start, Stephanie, by... Well, um, first of all, telling us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, and, and your roots, yeah, your family life and all that. Good morning, everybody. Um, well, I come from, I originally come from a village in northern BC. We're part of the Nisqat Nation. My home community is Lakaltzap, uh, formerly Greenville. I uh, was born in Prince Rupert when, at the age of five, um, my mother passed away. So my father moved us to, um, back to his home community um, so that uh, we can be close to our grandparents and can help us, help my dad raise the six of us at that time. Wow. Yeah. Um, so but, you were five at the time? Yep. When your mom passed away. Right. And you moved to, to which town? Uh, Lakaltzap. Yeah. Is that near Prince Rupert in that area? It is. Uh, it's about 100, no, it's about 200 kilometers north of Terrace. Okay. Um, which means it's like an hour and a half's drive from, from Terrace. Yeah. 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 Um, I am, my, my father later remarried and so we became a blended family of 13. Yeah, so it was quite, quite interesting. I was never by myself. <laughs> never felt I was by myself, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And you're Danny's way younger sister. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Danny probably places, he's about six or seven and I'm 10, or no, I'm 11, I've got two Almost younger. the baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about a life growing. Was it on a reservation? Were you on a reserve? Or? Yes, um, I grew up on reserve uh, for the most part. Um, um, led a very sheltered life. Um, my dad, uh, he flew helicopters. He was a helicopter logger. Wow. And he went from logging jobs to um, becoming a lay reader with the Anglican Church. And then he started working toward his master's. Sorry, activity. I missed that. A lay? A lay reader. Lay reader. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he was... Yeah, so he, um, he worked with the church. He was uh, pretty much in training uh, to, for his priesthood, uh, which he later um, became. He was an ordained priest of the Anglican Church. Mm. Yeah. So that's interesting, that yeah. given the, the history of the church with First Nations in, in, in Canada, how did that happen? How did he... Uh, how did he end up, I guess, so peacefully coexisting with being in the church? Because that's not a common story. No, it's Canada. not. Um, the thing with, um, which I find, or I found very amazing later on in life, is that um, um, my father was impacted by residential school. He did go to residential school. But growing up, we never heard about residential school other than it was a place where people went. He never talked about the impacts or, um, you know, the, the hurt or mm -hmm. the broken trust that happened. Mm -hmm. It was just, he, he was, he had a lot, of, he had a strong faith. Um, he was a strong believer, you know, he, led a, a god, godly way, and he tried to um, really influence that in our lives. So growing, growing up, I, I didn't, you know, residential school wasn't, you know, a common table topic. Uh, I, I never heard anything about it. Mm. And I was actually really sheltered by my, my dad. I mean, he just, um, it was very loving home, very nur nurturing, very... Um, very whole. Mm. Um, I had my grandfather and my grandmother who lived a few doors down. And it was just, it was very enriched life. And everything I had, everything I thought I needed, I knew was close by. Wow. That's the type of, that was the type of upgrading I, I felt I had. What a blessing. Yeah. So, go ahead. So it was um, really... Uh, I guess later on, as I as I started to, as as I grew and started to venture out a bit, you know, I started to notice a different. Um, um, I guess all I can call it is dysfunction, you know, brokenness within a community, and, and I couldn't understand that because I only knew love, mm -hmm. I only knew um, caring and sharing and. Mm -hmm. um, of you know a strong family unit, and I didn't understand, when, you know, when I was going out there and, and seeing this brokenness, this dividedness, this hurt, um, this anger, and 
yeah, so it just kind of started to uh, fuel questions inside me. So, Stephanie, you were, uh, were, were you living in Nishka, Nizka territory at this time, or was this another nation that you were living in? In Nizka. Nizka land, okay. Yes. So, um, yeah, talk about that a little bit, just what impact that had on you and in your journey as you, you know, began to you know, find your own journey with God. Right. Um, at the time, the way it felt was I, w I was probably about 13 when I started to re really realize this and, and see it and start to have those questions. And, you know, growing up and just a loving home, um, it started to um, put me into a bit of a, a depression because, you know, my, my question was, why, why, you know? Why, why aren't you loving? Um, you're obviously family, you know, why, why do you treat each other that way? And um, if you need something, you know, I was taught there's always somebody, there's a certain person that you go to, that's the way our, our culture is structured. Um, you're, you're born and then the father's side plays a distinct role in your upbringing. And, you know, there's a certain people that you go to. And, but there was just, it was just kind of people were, had their blinders on. They would walk their certain way and not really be touching each, each other's lives. And there was just this brokenness that was growing in it. And I realized now that that was probably just, you know, a hurt or anger or that was growing inside him that they hadn't let go, they hadn't dealt with. And I look at it now, and my father, just, you know, just to, to say how amazing he was, he, he had come from that. But, you know, he chose not to walk with it. He handed that over to God, mm -hmm. and he just, he, he walked in faith, and he walked in belief that, you know, this, this wasn't ours to hold, this isn't ours, it wasn't meant for us, mm -hmm. and yeah, so it, it just, every time I think about it, it just amazes me how, how strong he actually was, because he, even though that, and I found out later that he was, he had been impacted by residential school and that he was um, sexually abused. Mm. But we didn't know that. He gave no indication of that. He just, uh, his type of character was very much like my grandmother. My grandmother, my grandmother, uh, she lived kind of in the center of the village. We had um, family that lived downstream, family that lived upstream, and she just had an open door. <laughs> People would always be there, in five minutes she'd have her table full wow. of a spread to feed everybody, feed wow. an army. My dad was the same with my, my cousins. Um, we always had a full house, anywhere from infant to early 20s, cousins, 
that my, my dad just had a, he just had an open door policy and there's so many cousins that he raised along with us even though he had 13 of his own. Right? Wow. Um, and, yeah. So what was some of the, the, the food fare? Did you have moose? We had moose. Our, um, our diet consisted of uh, moose, salmon, sea lion. Sea lion? Wow. Olican. Um, it's a fish? Olican? Yes. Uh, Olican is, it's very similar to, uh, in size to herring, but the taste is quite different. And um, they did studies on it, and it is, they call it a miracle fish that it has like 14 or so different nutrients just in it alone. So. Wow. Yeah. Vitamin fish, eh? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So your father was in residential school, and, and where was that school again? I believe that he went to Alert Bay. Alert Bay, which yeah. is on Vancouver Island. Vancouver right? Island. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so, as I was saying, um, residential school wasn't something that we commonly talked about in our home. Uh, something that I learned about later on in life. And um, even more recently, I started to get involved with the Nishka community in the Vancouver area. Um, 2004, um, we started this initiative called The Journey Home. And it was just, you know, people were learning more from our elders about the impacts of residential school. And this was still pretty new to me. Um, and a lot of the, you know, the material, or the, their stories that they were sharing with us was so raw. And it was just heartbreaking. And um, so in my culture, the way we handle things is we look at it in a whole, uh, as a whole package. We don't just look at the individual, we look at the family, we look at the community. Uh, what are the impacts? What are the resources? Um, so, you know, that started uh, a ball rolling. You know, if we're going to um, truly make this right or build reconciliation around this, we gotta do this as a community. Um, and we have to stand together. You know, if we fall, we fall together. Um, we don't know where it's gonna bring us, but you know, we have faith that, you know, God is with us, he's always been with us. Mm. Which was a um, very interesting part of the whole um, experience because as we found out, working with the residential school survivors, there was a lot of broken faith, a lot of um, distrust in that. So finding ways to um, bridge or nourish that relationship with God and our members was amazing, but it was kind of like walking on eggshells. We didn't want to trigger anybody, but at the same time, we wanted to help them to move forward and realize that, you know, that, that sense of abandonment or you know, abandonment, so that is why this 
whole residential school era happened um, is not the case. Um, a lot of people, helping a lot of our members realize, you know, that their actions and how they hold themselves is very spiritual. Helping them, you know, just identify that mm -hmm. was, mm -hmm. was a step in itself and such a blessing. So uh, your, your nation is NISCA. Yes. And there's an urban organization called the... What? Uh, it's called the Niska Tsatmix. Tsatmix? Tsatmix. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so you probably saw that sign a few times because they used to have their offices right here yeah. in this building, right? Yeah. And, and do you have a First Nations name? You're... Yes, um, my traditional name is Ksimnak. Ksimnak. Nek. Ksimnak. Nek. Nek. Yeah. Ksimnak. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Ksimnak. Go laugh. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you, do you know what it means? Yes. Um, so I come from the Wolf House, and hey. yeah, I, I come from um, the I'm from the Wolf Tribe, and my father is Kilwell, but um, because I lost my mother early, and I didn't have a lot of my maternal family living in the village at that time, my father's uh, side literally raised me in meaning that they were the ones that taught me to work with fish they taught me mm. uh, all the skills that I needed to to learn they taught me about you know the rites of passage from uh, a girl to a woman and such yeah. um, so is a female killawell so even though I'm a wolf they, they put that on me because I, I've been sitting with them since a little girl. So the, uh, the female orca? Is the it? female Kilwa. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, the, the actual, the long version of my name is is Ksimnek Hgulksethgum Gibu Lutag which means the Kilowell woman. The, the Kilowell woman from the wolf house that sits in our house. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Can we start with a short version? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's been an amazing journey. Um, uh, I first started to really get involved with the... the the Niska Society was by going to a few meetings with my dad uh, when he was still alive. I originally moved to Vancouver because uh, he had taken on cancer research and he asked me to come and be a part of his resource team. So I did, I came down and um, yeah, I met my husband and life began in Vancouver. <laughs> but before that, you know, um, I started to go to meetings with my dad, and then after he had passed, I, you know, a couple of years later, I started to go on my own, and um, just that that same thing. Um, I had gone to a meeting, and the message that was being shared was different from what I grew up with. It seemed to reflect different principles, and um, so for me, it was okay. Well. 
I'm Niska, and I'm raising my family here, and I want my children to know who they are and where they come from. And so having them come to a meeting and hear somebody um, share that in that way, um, I'm sorry, it's not right. I, it's not so much that it's completely wrong, but it does come from the same place as, you know, the teachings that I had learned. So, you know, it's just something about being a parent and wanting the best for your, your kids. Yeah, you have to get involved, and that's where that came from. And everything that you know, my, my dad had shared with me, and it was just kept flooding back. And, um, you know, I, I, every day I'm, I'm thankful yeah. for him because, you know, he's just, he was just such a blessing. And, and you mentioned that, speaking, it's a milestone day, but he had a pretty significant milestone just before he died. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, he got involved, he became a, started as being a lay reader for the Anglican Church, and he continued that, you know, he, he would work his, uh, for a while he continued his helicopter logging and um, the two weeks in he would be a lay reader within a church and uh, I think maybe the early 80s he started, uh, he enrolled with uh, uh, the Vancouver School of Theology and so he would, and he would take summer school with that, and um, they would have a fall program that he would come to, and he would just do a lot of it through distance education. Um, so through the years, you know, he just kept working at that. Um, he was an ordained deacon, and then uh, finally he was an ordained priest, but he kept working on it. And his last year of uh, that, he came down, I think it was in 94, uh, he started to write his thesis while he was going through cancer treatment. Yeah, and he just, you know, he kept at it and he completed his thesis. But um, I think he finished his September or so, and he moved home right away, and um, he passed away in December. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, so they had their uh, convocation in March or May the next year, and um, we went to received his Masters of Divinity for him. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and so that who, was just... So who all was there? Who there all? was um, there was my mom, 
myself, my younger brother, um, or two, two of my brothers and his wife were there. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been an unbelievable occasion for you guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was just, you know, it was really hard, um, you know, dealing with the fact that, you know, it was something that he, he never slowed down. He carried on for as long as he could and right to the end. But for us, that was a legacy that, you know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, not leave anything behind. You know, he's planted that seed in each of us. You know, there's 13 of us, that's 13 seeds that, you know, could go out and carry on the work that he started, right? Wow, yeah. what, a, what a beautiful and inspiring Father's Day story. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Amazing. So I, I hear in you, Stephanie, um, passion for your people connecting what you grew up anew to understand with, with the way that you see that they're wired. They're already wired for spirituality and for God. And, yeah. But because of residential school, for so yeah. many of them, there's, there's been this disconnect. But I, I see the work that you're doing is bringing those worlds together. Yeah. Um, is there any, we're going to show the video of the journey home, which I think is an amazing example mm -hmm. of, of what we're talking about. But is there any story that comes to mind where in your work in the last few years, you've just seen someone who, who couldn't connect the two, but all of a sudden the dots joined? Is there any, it's okay if you can't think of anything, but I, I just know that we need help in, yeah. in journeying with First Nations that way. Yeah. Um, so the, there seemed to be a lot of um, a lot of distrust, and you know, the even the word church may be a trigger to some of of our members. Yeah. And I mean, the word church, and right away, their response may be, "Oh, I don't, I don't go to church," you know, the church hurt me. Um, and so I'm always conscious of that. And, you know, I, I, Danny, when Danny was still living in Vancouver, he had invited me to um, a service mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. when we were still on first time commercial. Mm -hmm. um, and my first impression of the Eastside Vineyard and, you know, of now my family was that it was very um, come as you are very open door and very welcoming. And so, um, you know, right away that's like, you know, this is a really good fit. If, if only, you know, we were having a bit of struggle with our Nascot um leadership at the time. And so that's always been, I mean, that, you know, that started to, um, you know, be kind of, you know, there's something that we can do. There's a relationship that we can build mm -hmm. there if there's just, you know, helping them to see the connect. Wow. That's and to profound. just, you know, come in and feel it, right? Yeah. 
So you're saying hospitality <laughs> is one way that we can heal that disconnect, yeah. having a welcoming yeah. heart. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and there was some questions that you had, and um, you know how how can we make that message to the Native community? And I think that um, just the way I heard it was, you know, generally vineyard, you know, share that. That's amazing, mm -hmm. you know, our, our mission, our vision, and is amazing. Yeah, Stephanie was sharing at our, our <coughs> lower post training how that the, the vineyard vision and values which we went through in, in Welcome to the Vineyard yeah. so resonates with, with your mission and your people, Yeah, which is so cool. <laughs> that is really amazing. We didn't plan that. But no. <laughs> that's wonderful. No. Well, set us up for the video. Show, tell us a little bit about... You know, we're going to show it, but yep. just to give people a little, or, or does it, is it self, whatever you prefer. Okay. Um, so, in, I was elected to the Urban Vancouver Local for the Niscot Nation, and in 2004, um, we started to, um, first job of action, or what we heard was, um, and Alda who shared that, um, uh, I haven't been back. I'm afraid to go back. I don't know what to expect. I don't know, you know, if the family will accept me. Um, I don't know if I have a place there. If I go back, I don't want to go, go alone. What I'd like to see is, or for the Vancouver Society to provide, is an opportunity for us to go home as a group. And I'm sure at the time they'd envisioned maybe 40 of our residential school survivors traveling home together. Um, we, we talked about it, we deliberated over it for a few years. And, you know, it just came back to our cultural values and principles is that, you know, we stand together. We stand together. If we fall, we fall together. Um, we don't know where that is, what that looks like, but we're not alone. Mm. We walk in faith. We don't know where it's going to bring us. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we know that um, God is our provider, and he's going to find a way for us. And so... Um, you know, it just kept developing. In 2011, we had um, taken a journey from Vancouver uh, with about 450 of our NISCOP members. Um, we had members that heard about the journey and, you know, they'd come back from New Zealand, okay. from Australia, um, wow. parts of England, the UK and just for their journey. And it started in Vancouver, and then we went back to uh, Allert Bay uh, before they closed St. Michael's. Um, the idea was that we were gonna go to, into the residential school, uh, say prayers, and um, bring the spirit of 
our ancestors back home. But um, it turned out very differently. The Namgis Nation, their hereditary chiefs were there to greet us. It wasn't planned. They heard about it. They came and they welcomed us as um, our members docked. And um, they had a day, a night of feasting with our members in their longhouse. And wow. then from there, um, because the, the members had wanted to go home the same way they left, um, they had taken a ferry um, from Vancouver to Prince Rupert and then drove from there into the, into the villages. And for five days each night, uh, we went into each of our communities and just presented our residential school survivors and just said, um, these are your children. They've come back. Um, please welcome them. And so it was quite amazing. You won't see me a lot in footage, but I, I was there kind of in the back, back scenes because that's where I felt like I was called. Um, I was sitting with um, one of my older cousins most of the time where she would just, she was so moved by it, she would just be moved to tears and she just need a little cry and so I'd just sit and be sitting with her. Or um, taking a meeting, going along with one of the residential school survivors who was going to meet her birth family for the first time. Wow. She was adopted out and um, such an honor for her to feel that, you know, I'd be a good person to, good support for her. And it was just, it was so amazing, so raw, but such a blessing. Wow, thank you. <laughs> so let's, can we watch it? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Fire away. You can you want to sit down. An opportunity for the Nusmet to see uh, the traditional territory and to be able to see what the communities are like, see what the culture is like. They're organizing an opportunity for many of the Nishka, and there's a thousand of us that live in Vancouver, that have never had an opportunity to, do, to go back home. And uh, these are elders, primarily, uh, that uh, went to residential schools. It's going to be very emotional for them to see each other for the first time in a long time. The Niska in Vancouver reside approximately 1,500 kilometers from their traditional homelands in the pristine Nass Valley in northwestern British Columbia. They're preparing to embark on a physical and spiritual journey of healing. It's a healing journey to identify where they come from. In a lot of situations, we see a lot of the challenges that young people face in everyday life is their identity. And what does it mean to be this guy? In today's society, we need something for our youth to hold up in front of them, say, look at the path my grandparents made and uh, be proud of it. I would really like to see our people coming together and learning how to work through uh, whatever it is to bring us back together again. I remember in my research, I read a, a quote from an elder who once said that 
if Anuskan forgets who they are and where they come from, they will run afoul. They will never know really uh, what their purpose is. This is so important that our people return home. It's not just going home and having a feast and coming back. It's, uh, it's giving them strength into uh, being Anuskan no matter where they live. Our society and our people are multifaceted and we learn our culture through each other. When you look at the common bowl philosophy, there is no uh, impossibilities. When Niska want to do something, everyone works together. Generations of Niska children were removed from their homes to attend residential schools across British Columbia and Alberta. They would like to go home the way they came down. And you have to picture prior to roads being built that in the early days, it would have been steamboats. It's important for me to go up there. I also want to bring my kids with me so that they can feel that same connection. I'm very excited to see this uh, blossom into something that is going to be part of healing not just the individual but families and our nation. Doing something like that might be a catalyst to move on, build on the strengths that we have and pass those on to our children. I like to see our people gaining their power. A part of the community gaining their strength is through this unprecedented journey home. Uniting people and uniting resources is going to be key. When people hear about this journey home, I think a lot of individuals will want to contribute and help in any way that they can. It's going to be really awesome. No Nishka should be left out of this opportunity. I think it's going to be a, a really heartwarming experience for them. So I, I, I thank the Danishka in Vancouver for organizing this. I think it's been a long time coming. It is time for you to come home. We want all of you to come home. Is that the right one? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Awesome. So I'd like to just thank you, Stephanie, for sharing today with us. We're very honored to have you as part of our church family. And we're excited about journeying together in the coming days. I'm so happy you're coming to Lower Post. I think it's really, really important. And one of the things Stephanie really felt strongly as we were talking about was just having some conversations up there about how, how Vineyard values connect with their, yeah, their values. An alignment. Yes. yes. So that's an interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to invite some folks to come up and just pray for her. We just want to bless you, if that's all right. And um, we're almost out of time, but I'd love to also pray for Dan and Kirsten, who are getting ready to go to Africa and England and Europe. Uh, so we'll do that after this. Um, and... Uh, 
Yeah, why don't we all just stand together if you can? <coughs> so, Heavenly Father, thank you for the amazing story of, of this father, of Stephanie's father, who, in spite of un unbelievable adversity, I feel like he was like a Joseph who went to, who was taken away and put in prison and confined, and yet he, he met God in spite of all that was done to him. And he said, you meant it for evil, but God turned it for good. And that legacy has been passed on to your family. There's such a gentleness and a peace and a grace on your family, Stephanie. So we just bless those gifts. We just bless those gifts on you and on your, your, your next generation as well, your boys. Yes. Holy Spirit. The journey continues. Mm. And we just ask, Lord, for the capacity to listen, to learn, yes. to walk together. Lord, there's just so many treasures that, that we've missed out on that you want to you come to the table, you want to be part of the table that this journey together is, as your people in the kingdom of God. Yes, so we pray, Lord, for, for many, many First Nations people, Lord, who I know find it difficult to cross the threshold of the church that feel like they can't connect. I just pray that you would powerfully anoint Stephanie Thank you, Lord. As, a, as a bridge builder yes, Jesus. and to help us to be willing to go mm. to them. If they can't come to us, that we could go to them and be on their turf and their territory be willing to be to feel uncomfortable, as it were, for for that for the sake of love, Lord, to 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 heal the breach and to stand in the gap. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. If I've understood your story, it's not just you here today, but it's your father and your ancestors, your mother. It's you and Danny and Erica and all of your siblings and your children that's standing here today. So my prayer for you today is that the desires, uh, your father's righteous desires for his children and his children's children would come to pass. Not just for you and your children, but for all of your family. That everything that is good and right in God's past will will be yours in, in abundance and a double portion for all of you. So that's what we want. As, as friends who care and love for you. But it's also, I believe, what the Father wants and what he would want to bless you with. Yeah. Um, while you were speaking, I saw an arch. And as the picture opened up, I see it's an arch of several arches that form a bridge. 
and at the top of an arch is one stone, and it's called the keystone. And that stone allows that arch to be so strong for it to exist. You pull that stone out, it collapses. And because you are of the wolf and of the orca, these are keystone species. So you have a double anointing of the keystone. And I believe God is sending you into your people with this double anointing. And you are not to doubt, you are not to fear, because God is going with you and he's strengthening you. He is in you to be that keystone, to allow that bridge to be built for restoration, to connect that vast land that has been divided through the destruction of colonialism. So you are the keystone. You are one of many keystones, but you are it, and you are to walk in that. So, Father, we thank you for this woman who has a double anointing of the keystone species, Lord, of orca and wolf. I thank you, Father, that she is a keystone and that you have anointed her and strengthened her. You have um, perfect love drives out fear. You have not given her a spirit of fear, but of sound mind, power, self-control, and love. And she is going to walk in that. She's going to talk in that. And she's going to serve you in that and bring reconciliation through that. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you that um, Stephanie's invited us to have the gift of listening. And even today, when I came forward to help her with her mic to make sure we could hear her, and Bob came forward because he wanted to hear her, she has a voice of gentleness but a voice of power. Lord, help us as a people to learn how to listen because it is time now for the First Nations people to speak. We've been talking a long time, assuming we have the answers. So we do stand with you, Stephanie, and we do encourage you and we ask you, Lord, that you would go before her to open the door that no man can shut. And indeed, that she's rooted and grounded on Christ, the rock. And he's the chief cornerstone. And you have the chief with you. You have chief Jesus, chief cornerstone. So, Lord, help us be sensitive because our First Nations people are quiet people, but they are united people, united resource people. And this is what we need in our culture. We're divided. We are individualistic. So we repent, Lord, and we ask that you would help us to make way and make room for people like Stephanie to be able to speak to us and that we receive the listening ear to walk together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to continue to pray, and uh, I want to bless you. If you need to sign out your kids, you can do that. And if you need to go, uh, we bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And um, some of us, you may want to help us pray for Kirsten and Dan. I'd love it, Stephanie, if you have time to help us pray for these guys. Similar issues that Kirsten is wrestling with her thesis over there. So uh, thank you, everyone. God bless you.